So I've heard it said like this before. There's a difference between marketing and branding. Okay. Marketing is helping the marketplace learn that you exist. And branding is how do they feel about us once they know we exist? For most businesses, until they get to a certain revenue threshold, they shouldn't be worried about branding. They should be putting their effort in marketing. Okay. Once you've done that and the marketplace knows you exist, now it's time to think about how do they feel about us? If you want to control, in some sense, how they feel about us, then you've got to be consistent in your branding. And the only way to be consistent is to have some sort of guidelines, some sort of framework. And that's exactly what a brand style guide is. And not enough companies have this. You're listening to the Endless Customers Podcast, where we help you earn trust and win customers in the age of AI. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Alex Winter, and today I'm joined by Zach Basner, a They Ask You Answer coach, trainer. Zach, what's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for being here and taking the time. I wish you were here in studio. I love hanging with you in person, but it's also great having you here virtually. Where are you, where are you calling us from today? Where, where are we based out of? I'm at my home office in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a beautiful day outside. Um, so, you know, I'm feeling good. Nice. It's a great day to talk about video. Great. Alex, any excuse that I have to talk about video is a good day. Heck yeah. I couldn't agree with that more, especially because I'm a video guy myself. So let's just get right into it and let's talk about the topic of the day, which is creating a brand style guide for video. So creating a brand style guide within your organization. I'd love to get your take on one, what that is, and then two, how somebody would go about doing that inside their organization. So let's start off with what is a brand style guide for video? Yeah, I'd even say back it up one level and go, what's a brand style? Oh. Because in order to justify the means of having a guide, like is, you know, are, are we in agreement that a brand needs to have a style? And of course, I would come from the vantage point of, yes, you do need to have a style and a feeling and certain elements that you recognize and you connect with that could be people, that could be colors, that could be music, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, is it important to have a brand style? Yes. And if you do that and you want to do it with consistency, then you need a style guide. And style guides... They, they sound really fancy, but really what we're doing is we're just, it, it, we're, we're, we're standardizing what do we do and what do we not do so that when we get to actually filming the video or designing the asset or doing whatever, we know what the rules are. Right, right. That's a style guide. It could be one page, could be a hundred pages, but we've got to have one. Yeah. You said something that really stuck out to me too. You said the word consistency. And I think that's critical, especially for an end user perspective, because if a brand's voice or messaging or look or feel changes with every post or with every video they do, it could be confusing, I would imagine, for for people that are trying to understand. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it causes problems, too, that we wouldn't necessarily think of. So, for instance, when I'm when I'm first working with a company that that comes to us and they might have a YouTube channel that's in existence and they're, they're, they could be steady cranking out content. One of the first things I look at is what do their thumbnails look like? And oftentimes if there's any design at all involved, it's, they're all different. There's a reason for that. Usually, you know, they're, they're going on Fiverr and like hiring a person every time they need a YouTube thumbnail or whatever, but it's inconsistent. Gotcha. So what that does is 
let's say you start your search and you, you, you find a video from this company. Well, all those suggested videos on the side, if you don't see a, a design that looks similar to the thumbnail you clicked on, you don't know, oh, that's a video from the same person. So you're not really starting a journey, right? So that inconsistency right there is causing an inconsistency in the viewing experience. You want people to watch as many of your videos as possible, right? So Absolutely. Those, thumbnail, those thumbnail designs being consistent helps us get that longer view duration, that longer session duration with our content. And that's just one example of how design really does impact how people learn from us and how they develop a relationship with us. Yeah, totally, totally. So you got my wheel spinning here and I'm thinking about what you said when we kicked things off where it's like step one is really like the overarching style for the company or for the brand yeah. or product or service, whatever it is, right? And then step two is like, how you break that down into each department and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like once you've established the style, then it's like, how does that translate to written content? How does that translate to video content? How does that trans translate to actual branding and graphic design? Is that right in, in me saying that? Yeah, I, there's going to be varying degrees of sophistication based on the, the size of the organization, the amount of people working on things. I mean, when you get into a a really small marketing team where you've got a writer and a videographer and, and someone managing all of this stuff, we're going to be pretty aligned. If you get to, let's say 12 different people, you know, six videographers, six content managers working across different brands on different projects at different times. Well, we've lost that uh, maybe that initial kind of magic, that connection that we had when we were all working in the same room, maybe. Yeah. And so you're, so you're going to need something more sophisticated to keep them on, on par, but there's going to be things that are just different based on the, let's just say the profession. If you're writing, it's going to be different things that you need to know versus if you're a videographer versus if you're you know, designer, um, gotcha. you're likely going to have a different component of that style guide for you. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So for, for businesses, for businesses out there and for, videographers, especially since we're talking video, what's the best way to start or, or implement a style guide or a video brand style guide if you don't have one? Or like, how do you even navigate that conversation if you're, if you're just starting out and trying to get things going? Yeah, well, I can tell you from what I've seen is I'm not going to have you put a style guide together probably within the first let's say six months of producing video content. If you've never done it before, right? Like if we're starting from scratch, right. you've got no culture of video, you've had no videographer, you've produced no content. I'm not gonna say, okay, the first thing you're gonna do is sit down and commit to what this is gonna look like. That would be silly to do because there's gonna be so many mistakes and preferences that you start to learn as you you, you produce the stuff, right? So we're, we're saying, okay, we're gonna produce stuff for six months and that process of that six months, you are gonna have to start committing to some decisions. So you're making that, um, you're making that YouTube banner for your YouTube channel. Okay. You're making the lower thirds for to, you know, say who people are in the video. You're making certain graphical elements for the video. So you're, you're, you're starting to get these things together and so you're starting to see, okay, what, what really matches, what looks good across all of these and then now you can say things like, well, we've noticed that videos tend to perform better when the thumbnail is bright yellow versus when it's orange. All right, cool. Let's just commit 
that when we make YouTube thumbnails, it's going to be that color. Now we have something to go off of. If you sit down and, and you, you don't have that stuff, it's just going to be a bunch of people throwing out their opinions. Well, I really connect with the color purple, you know, and I think that's really, it's the, it's the color of, of softness, you know, and I really like that. It's, there's no data. There's no, you haven't tested it. So that's what I would say is uh, the process for starting it. That's a really fascinating point. Cause in my mind, just based off of like the beginning of this conversation, I was like, cool. So step one is to really establish this brand style guide. But what you just said resonated with me so much because you do need to almost embrace the messy experiment test, see what works for your audience and not what you think is going to work because that's, it happens all too often where people tell themselves the story. I love the color purple. So that's what we're doing. But does your audience do your customers like, I, I really think that shift is a, a fundamental one to make. So what, what would you say it's like a, a normal window? Six months is, is about right to experiment and figure that out, look at some analytical data, and then make a decision based off of that information? I think if you are getting closer to a two to three videos per week cadence within that six months, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. If you're only making one video a month, so you've made six videos, I wouldn't say start committing to stuff, start putting some rules and regulations in place as to how you do this. Mm -hmm. It's just not necessary. But for instance, if you go to, we know some video creators that they do a video a day yeah, or they do four or five videos a week. And if you go to their, their, their YouTube channel or to their website where they're hosting their videos, you're going to see a clear brand. You're going to see a consistency across the board with certain things. Totally. And there's reasons for that too. One is it's a lot more efficient if you just know what is going to be in it. You've made those decisions up front, but also they're realizing this is what works. I can't just do something different every time and expect the audience to connect with it. It's got to have some consistency about it. It's got to be, it's got to be helping the audience feel a certain way. I once heard Donald Miller talk about how for a lot of businesses, they shouldn't be focused on branding. They really need to be focused on marketing. Uh, until they get to a certain revenue threshold, because marketing is telling is letting people know you exist, whereas branding is helping people understand how to feel about you. Well, they can't understand how to feel about you unless they know you exist. That's right. That's, so I yeah. think that's powerful. That's deep. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, once you get to the point though where you are, you, you've you've climbed the lines with marketing, you're getting stuff out there. Now we can go. How do we really want people to feel? about us and connect with us. And that's where branding comes in. I love that. And uh, for those out there listening and watching, Donald Miller wrote story brand and knows a lot about branding companies, businesses in all different industries. So that's really, really sound advice. All right. So I think I understand the importance of this and how to start to implement it. What would you say for organizations, right? It's typically the videographer that's maybe helming this or how do you, how do you get people involved, get the buy-in and start to like work through this process of experimentation. And then once you're ready to build out this, this brand style guide, what does that look like? Can you paint that picture for us? Here's what I'll tell you from experience is that I've, I've helped companies hire videographers before mm -hmm. that actually aren't the strongest design designers. So if you sent them off to go do lower thirds or certain graphical elements of the video, you're not really going to be happy with it. The cinematography might be great. The people are really comfortable on camera. Like the videographer, they still did their job, mm -hmm. but this other element of design wasn't really their bag. I've also worked with some that 
they're the best designer in the whole company. And uh, that becomes a problem because now everybody's coming to them. They need to be shooting video, but instead they're making the company picnic flyer. <laughs> so you've got some extremes there, right? Gotcha. Yeah. And I say that because it's hard to say, well, every company should just delegate this to the videographer and they figure out the design stuff. I don't think that's true. I think it depends on who you have and really what your threshold is for how sophisticated you're going to be about this. The, the, the design elements, the music, the, um, the color grading, the, the fonts, what people wear on camera, the fonts, yeah. all of that stuff is a component of this. Mm -hmm. And it could be one person who, who kind of oversees all of that stuff. It could be a team effort, but I think that really we're coming back to that's why a guide is so essential so that no matter how many people have their hands in it and are making decisions, we're actually giving them autonomy to make those decisions because there are some um, guidelines. Right. No, that makes sense. And I, I would imagine that this also plays into like when you're designing the process so that everyone clearly has these steps outlined. They know the, the standards of the confines of where they need to stay in and it just creates that consistency. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We're, if, if we're going to, we're, we're helping people to feel a certain way, it just has to be consistent because yeah. it, it's going to take, it's going to take multiple interactions with something for you to start to feel a certain way. Right. Yeah. Like think about the Chick-fil-A drive-thru for a second. Okay. Can we just talk about Chick-fil-A? I just, I love Chick-fil-A, right? I do too. We think about that experience. How many micro moments are happening that cause you to drive away and go Chick-fil-A is like the best fast food restaurant ever. Some people hate me for saying that, but we all know it's true. Okay. We'll forgive you. There was micro moments that are happening that help you feel a certain way about that. That's okay. So think about that as with respect to your video, how they find it, what they first see, what they see while they're watching it, what they see in the comments, what they, you know, maybe, um, even if we're sending this in sale, sending videos in, in, in our emails, right? So the links that pop up around the video, the meeting schedule that happens at the end, all of those things are, are causing people to feel a certain way. So we're not just talking about colors here. We're talking about all the little things that cause somebody to feel a certain way. Yeah. That's, that's the type of stuff we, 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 we want to talk about here. Right. No, that's a really good example. Cause those, those touch points, even though they might be small, they add up to your overall experience and perception, perception is everything. What people perceive, how they're interacting with, with these things, it really is a game changer and can either sway them to be really happy and a smiley face customer or, or not. So I, it's definitely, yeah. it's definitely a really important thing to think about. Um, so if we're talking about, again, this brand style guide, once you set this up internally and you implement it and you've, you've experimented, you've figured out what this thing is, you've set these confines, you're, you're working the system, it's working well, let's say six months, a year down the road, you want to update it or you want to maybe shift as the company might be shifting with it. How do you go about doing that? And what does that look like once you've already got something set up and then successfully shifting it in a way that one works for the company, but also works for your users. So it's not so much of a shift that somebody who's coming back as a returning user isn't like, wait, what is this? Why, why has the brand shifted so much? Yeah. So what would you recommend for, for that type of shift? And is it possible to do that? Yeah. It's when it comes to branding kind of philosophy, you have probably seen big companies are a great example of this when they change certain things that are familiar that you as the, as the buyer, as the customer 
almost think is fundamental to that experience. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking small things, like when big companies change their logo and everyone's like, Oh, I like the old logo. Like, why did they change it? Stuff like that's a good example of just how delicate you have to be. If you're going to change things, you do have to update, but you have to, you have to think to yourself, what are the things that are foundational and fundamental elements of our brand that make us who we are mm -hmm. or that make this content what it is. Treat those ones with the utmost importance and you might not want to change some of those things, but it's always a good practice to maybe, uh, Alex, I think you mentioned a yearly basis. Like let's reassess the music that we're using because we've been using the same five tracks to make 500 videos this year. Like we should probably freshen it up a little right. bit. Um, you know, can we, can we get a new, you know, uh, what they call broadcast pack made? It's got a, so a new lower third and a new kind of title, uh, element and some new graphical things. Right. Like, yeah, go for that. It's not really probably going to affect your audience, but if you're changing majors, that's probably going to, uh, cause more harm than good if it's not done correctly. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it sounds like if you want to update it, you can update small things like you can update music. So there's some more variety. You can freshen up the graphics or maybe change a little bit of the style with the graphics, but like the fundamental pieces, like your logo and certain things that really resonates with the audience, you need to be mindful of and really make sure that you're keeping some of that consistent so that there's a comfort comfortability with people that are watching. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tend to think Alex too, that things just change over time. Like you go back and look at probably any of the, of the clients that I've worked with, if you look at their first video versus the videos in the, in the second year, the videos in the third year, mm -hmm. it's not like we always sat down and said, okay, it's time for a refresher. We gotta, we gotta do things differently. You just find that there's small changes over time that just keep it fresh, keep it interesting. That comes down to having great people who have a vision for what's possible and are, are willing to put in the effort to keep it fresh. Zach, what would you say for like internally in a company is, should there be one person that like really is focused on making sure that the consistency is there and that like the systems of uh, checks and balances are in place so that there isn't variances to this? My opinion's changed on this over the years, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen organizations where you might have a, a CEO who's like a creative miser <laughs> and they just want to, they they know it looks right and they know it sounds right. And it's that, you know, they get it and nobody else gets it, mm -hmm. but they do. Um, great. Love, love the creativity, but it causes problems when you've created this massive dependency on one of the most critical employees in the organization is busy with other things. Right. That's a good point. And now we're depending on them to review things, to provide feedback. That's going to cause problems. Versus if you don't have anybody looking at it. So let's go to the opposite extreme. Okay. You don't have anybody really looking at it and it's like, well, it'll work itself out and we're just going to let everybody be fully autonomous and figure things out. Well, I think that causes problems as well because now people are, are duplicating work, trying to figure stuff out that could have been just put down on paper or somebody just said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Gotcha. So I don't know that it has to be a person. It just has to be a, Oh, this will preach. It's gotta be a priority. Oh, well, doesn't need, need to be a person needs to be a priority and everyone needs to know how it works. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
That makes a lot of sense. So, so listen, I, I know you really well. I know how much your extensive background with video is and also the amount of companies that you've trained and coached and the workshops and all the different public speaking sessions. You have a ton of experience in this realm for people listening. Companies range in size from a couple of people to a couple thousand people, right? So how did like, how does this work in a smaller organization compared to a bigger organization? And is it, are the principles still the same? It just depends on scale. Like what, what does that look like in your experiences uh, just from like different company sizes and how you create a style, a brand style guide for video? Yeah. Well, let me start by saying whenever you've got a large organization, things get more complex, right? Right. Growth creates complexity. Complexity kills growth. And especially when you're interacting with a big brand, they tend to have this thing in their mind. We've got to act like a big brand. We've got to do the same things that everyone else does. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be polished. It's got to be hitting the mark. It's got to be all right. Cool. Yeah. I like, love I like the body language you got going on too. The, the shoulder, like we're a big brand. Don't you know who we <laughs> That's are? That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining that in my head. Oh, no, it plays out. It's working. Um, and, and because I've heard it, I've heard it so many times and, and it hurts me because I'm going, why would you want to be like everybody else? Yeah. The whole idea is to be different. Yes. The whole idea is to be the one that they trust versus the ones that they don't. And so I feel like I'm getting a little off track here, but the, the big brands sometimes hold things so, so uh, close, like this reverence for this professional, whatever it is, mm -hmm. the branding guidelines are so strict that it just absolutely kills the creative energy. It kills the, the, the trust building that you can have, like it just stifles everything. Yeah. And, and so I know we're talking about a lot of extremes here, but I think it's good to understand what's the ditch on both sides of the road. Totally. You know, because really you're just trying to stay out of those. So you've got this, 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 uh, we're big, so it's gotta be perfect. And then you also, sometimes this is all kind of surprising. You've got some of the smaller companies that are like that too. Hey, we're going head to head with some of these big brands. So we need, if we don't look like them, we're not going to be considered by our, by by these prospects, which couldn't be the fur, further from the truth. In fact, if you look at the studies on this, a lot of people would prefer to work with the smaller person, yeah, right, the smaller company, mm -hmm. where they're going to get better service and they're going to get better pricing and they're going to get whatever they're going to be taken care of. So, um, and that can kill a video culture before it even starts by saying we're going to start this new thing, and then you're bringing in people to be on camera and you're yelling at them because they're not hitting the mark that you, you see in your head. Yeah. You you've killed it. Yeah. Before it even had a chance to, to come alive. So you're trying to find the balance of having having these confines so that the perception and the style is correct, but also not killing the creativity in the process. Cause if you make it so strict that people are afraid to be on camera because they might misspeak or they can't be genuine, that's like the opposite direction of where we really want to be taking video and the content that we're creating, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 For for many of us if we're looking solely at just video marketing, so YouTube channels, Instagram reels, things like, like that type of content, mm -hmm. you do need to understand who you're really competing against. You're competing against, you know, one-off user generated content pages, right? Like it's just, so you sell vacuums, you've got this dude who just buys vacuums and reviews them in his garage. And, but people love him and trust him because it's real. It's authentic. They feel connected to it. Right. 
but he's not manufacturing these things. You as the vacuum company, you actually know more and have different insight. But remember, we're competing for trust. So what is this person doing that's earning the trust? Well, they're not trying to be all perfect, polished, whatever. So we have to kind of like assess what we're really competing against and go, this, this guy doesn't have a brand style guide. This guy doesn't have uh, things yet. He's killing it. So what's, what's important for us? We'll understand what builds trust. We will make that stuff consistent. We will have a brand style guide because we can do a little bit more, but that's assessing what success looks like. I think is important. If you have a really well-branded video that got 10 views on it versus one that was, that was not perfectly branded, didn't hit the guidelines. You had a hundred thousand views on it. Which one is a win in your, in your opinion? The one with more views, the one with more engagement in, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. That's what you want. You want the numbers because <laughs> it's a numbers game ultimately, right? The more people that see it, the more people that interact with it, the more chances you have to build trust and to start inevitably the process of getting in communication with them and having them exploring more. Yeah. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. Mm -hmm. So in your experiences, again, I know you have a lot of these. Do you have a company or a story you could share with us of somebody that, that created a brand style guide for video and they just crushed it and it went really well for them and they've had success because of it? If I'm honest, I generally don't enforce having the brand style guide. I've consulted on many of them mm -hmm. and I am, I am a big fan of raising awareness for what elements are important to keep. In fact, I have at times done, done consulting early on in the companies, um, you know, creating their video culture, which is let's do a workshop and just figure out really what, what we're trying to go for here. Right? Like, let's figure out what the vibes are. Let's figure out what some of the elements are. Yeah. Let's agree on it. So we can just ch kind of check that and go, cool. We don't have to talk about that. We can just go make videos now. Um, if you want a great example though, of a company that really gets this Sheffield metals, the metal roofing channel yeah. on YouTube, you'll notice there's a lot of consistency there. It's attractive. It's clean. It's nice. It's just got a good vibe to it. And that was all the result of, of a, well, a great team, but a great team that was being spearheaded by a great videographer that had a vision for what this thing could look like. And he brought it to life. And that's a, that's a great example of what we mean. When we're talking about branding, the music, the, the, the graphics, the people in the video, the, all of that stuff. You'll see, you'll see what this looks like in action. Yeah. I love that. We'll make sure to drop a link to Sheffield metals, YouTube channel in the description. So everyone can check it out because you're right. They do a great job. And I think you're talking about Thaddeus. Is that right? Our friend Thad over at Sheffield. I'm talking about Thad, man. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a beast. He's, he's, uh, we brag on him a lot. There's a lot of videographers like him, but he's a really great example because it's an, it's an industry that is, it's a little bit uh, competitive for content. And so he's coming in as the young buck and really has positioned them as the foremost authority. Um, and just really changed the game. Yeah. It's a great example of what's possible. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a good example too, because I've, I've had a chance to meet them and to tell their story because they've had a very successful story with their journey with the ask you answer and growing their business. But meeting Thad, I also learned that when we talk about a brand style guide for video, he has really figured out a way to make something that in my opinion, isn't really a cool subject matter. If we're talking about 
metal roofing and he's really figured out a way to package it and brand it and tell a story that's engaging and that's cool and that is actually a lot of fun to watch so I think that's a, a good point and something that I'd love for you to talk about that like for businesses out there they're like oh we can't do that or oh we don't need a brand style guide or oh we don't we don't do cool stuff where we need video that's not always true and I think you just need to think outside the box so what would you recommend for people that are maybe stuck in that lane they're like oh this isn't gonna apply to us or work for us well so I would find Find inspiration, prioritize being inspired, but not duplication. So don't go out and start duplicating what you see. Okay. And there's a difference. So you don't go out and you look at what other people are doing in your space and you go, I feel really inspired about that. Let's rip it off and duplicate it. Right. No, be inspired. Go, what's really happening here? How, how is that happening? And then come back and go, well, how does that, you know, how do our core values, um, show up that way, right? Like how do we kind of lean into, to embracing our core values in that way? Right. So personalizing it to the brand a little bit. So you're not just ripping things off. You're getting inspired from something and then making it your own and really applying your core company values and the brand style guide to exactly what you're, you're speaking to video being creative. Like you, to me, in my mind, a good videographer can make anything cool. You know, like if you, if you really, the technical side of it's one thing, but if you're a really good videographer, in my mind, you're a really good storyteller and you know how to unearth truths and how to get people connected on a, on a real level and not just on a showy, flashy, you know, typical level. So how do you, how do you do that? And how can you think outside the box as a videographer, keeping the brand style guide in mind to like create content that's cool for subjects that maybe people don't necessarily think are cool. Yeah. So be inspired, but don't duplicate. And if, if you understand, and if you understand passion, how to, how to convey passion, how to elicit passion, that is going to be a superpower for you when it comes to making this topic a little more exciting. Because I, I often talk about this. If you want to create a really great culture of video within an organization, you need to show them what it looks like. Okay. So, okay. So we, we might show them stuff, examples of what other people are doing inspired, wonderful. Now, how do we get them passionate about how we're going to do it? So here's what we do. We use our passion and we present it. So this is what we're going to do. And this is what we think it's going to look like. And when we do that, this is what's going to happen. And so now we want to get this rallying cry from anybody who's going to be involved here. They see the vision. They're fired up about it. And now, hopefully, more people are helping us make the brand what it is. I think one thing that we we haven't even talked about yet is is who should ultimately be determining and 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 making the brand what it is. I don't think it always should be just the marketing team or the CEO's vision. I think it should be a mix of what we know our, our customer wants and what they're going to connect with and what we the people right? The people who make up the organization that actually interact with the customers and do whatever, right? what they think the branding elements should be and what it, and what it should feel like. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. And you just, you just sparked something with me, right? So what works for video might be a different audience than what works for written content because people who read might sure. be different than people who consume video content. So within this brand style guide, within this culture that you're talking about, 
how do you how do you navigate some of that where like the writing style might be a little bit different than the video, but they still roll up together to fall under this overarching brand style guide? Well, the thing that makes that possible is what is consistent. So we have, of course, the video six formula that we teach for creating videos. Mm -hmm. And that overlays well with many of the best practices we teach content managers when they're writing content. You need to have a hook. You need to have clear headings. You need to have a call to action. These things actually overlap in a lot of ways, right? So it's like, okay, that's what, that's, that's a method of how we teach something, how we explain something. Mm -hmm. Well, now you can get creative with the way you do it in video, the way you do it with text. Cause remember we, we potentially have two different audiences here, like you alluded to right. somebody who's watching it is learning maybe visually or audibly versus, um, versus who's reading it is, well, I guess that would still be visual, but <laughs> you know, reading comprehension is a little different. So totally. But like with video, you could, you could physically demonstrate the thing versus when it's written, you, you might have to explain it a little bit in more detail with a story and get it like a testimonial piece in there. So like the result ends up being the same. It's just consumed in a different way, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Zach, this is all great information. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground when it comes to creating a brand style guide for video and for really just the style guide in general for the company. Um, how do we, how do we recap this or how do we like, what are the best takeaways for a business or for people that are listening for next steps? Like if they don't have a style guide or they're interested in creating one, or they maybe want to fine tune theirs, what, what would you say to them? And, and what's the best recommendation for next steps? Yeah. Often it's going to be hard for us to, to assess our brand objectively. If we look at our stuff first. So what I'd say is go find some inspiration, go look at some companies that you, you, you t like their brand of video, the way that they do it and assess what, you know, what kind of feeling is the audience getting right now? Like, what am I getting from this? And what are the elements that are causing me to feel that way? So get kind of get in this headspace of auditing now come back to yours and go, what do we see here? What are we potentially missing? And so a quick audit will tell you, all right, these are some of the things we can improve immediately. Let's standardize those. Go get after it for a year. Oh. And there you go. You, you've got you've got some consistency. Love it. Great advice. Zach, thank you again for being on the show. I love chatting with you and love picking your brain. You always have such great insights and a ton of experience. Before we go, can you just let people know how they can get in touch with you if they have follow-up questions or they want to talk to you? Yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. It's just my name, Zach Basner, B-A-S-N-E-R. I would love to hear from anybody if they have questions about the episode or anything else. Zach, thanks again, brother. And thank you to everybody out there listening to the Endless Customers Podcast. And hey, don't forget that we have episodes every Monday and Wednesday releasing on all major platforms. So be sure to go subscribe. That way you won't miss out on how you can earn trust and win customers in the age of AI.